And after a long hiatus, we're back. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, uh, we watched, today we watched a pretty good movie. Starship Troopers. Directed by Paul Verhoeven. Uh, It's released 1997. Um it's based on a uh, on a novel uh, written by an author named Robert Heinlein, and uh, written in 1959. Novel of the same name. Hmm. Uh, the movie stars uh, a lot of actors that I don't know, uh, minus one of them, of course: Casper <coughs> Van Dien, Dinah Meyer, Denise Richards, Jake Busey, and Neil Patrick Harris. Duh. NPH. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> I'd never seen this one before. This was a new one to us both. Yeah. Um I I love it. I love it. And yeah. I, I was I was telling you that uh I felt like um doing a uh uh a a war you know themed movie just because of recent news with the withdrawal from Afghanistan yeah. and um man, this movie uh hits on a lot of good uh good notes yeah so when it comes to i mean the whole movie is is about is is about you know a giant war in the future it's a sci-fi film obviously with the name starship troopers you know so it's 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 like war but you know most war films uh, take place in like a war that's actually happened and usually a, a war from the perspective of America right you know in Vietnam <laughs> or World War two is the majority of war films with like the few oddities that might be in the Civil War but you know that's a boring one so yeah. <laughs> but this one is like in the future against a, a non-human enemy it's against a yeah. alien race of bug Bugs. arachnids spider-like insects yes type creatures and uh and the thing is that i find really fascinating about it is that how they you know i we we kind of discussed this throughout but i tended to notice a lot of anti-war you know propaganda i guess you can say but in a good way yeah so i would agree but the movie is also oddly like indulgent in it's uh in the violence and in the war parts like mm-hmm. there's many times when we were watching this when you were like hoorah they'd be doing something <laughs> shooting yeah. the big guns yeah whatever having their moments well, that's because i'm a simpleton <laughs> you know and there's like a hoorah moment yeah. <laughs> you know they did something badass they you know, it is essentially space marines, you know, fight back the, you know, arachnid force or, you know, do whatever. And the movie is, like, pretty gratuitous in, like, the gore. Um, I mean, like, the bugs have, like, orange and yellow colored blood, so it looks like weird paint. Right. But, you know, or the seeing the troopers get killed. They get killed in some pretty brutal ways, right? Oh, yeah. Like, they get, like, the, the arachnids use their, one of their appendages as like essentially like a sword you know and stab up the starship troopers who like riddle them with bullets like it takes like 
five guys shooting an entire clip (laughs) (laughs) to take down like one in some scenes i mean but then again other times they seem to kill a lot quickly so i don't know it's weird um you know coming at it from looking at it as like a an anti-war piece i think it's very subtly done which is yeah, what yeah. I, I, it's not, I like it's not about too it. ham-handed no yeah it's not like outwardly like uh war is hell and it's not like outwardly like hey, Zach, you know war what is it good for <laughs> absolutely nothing that's right is that what is that <laughs> but is that what the the message of this film is what i see more in it is not necessarily like straight up like war is wrong and 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 you know human beings should never participate in war what i what i see more that it's to me what the satirical edge to it is yeah it it very much is a satire let's just say yeah as much as it is a genre like sci-fi film it i I think it's just uh it's a trope within at least like i said i kept on you know bringing up robocop because you know same director paul verhoven uh i feel like uh, he at least in the two that i've seen now you know starship troopers and robocop i feel like he he tries to make a point but in not a like you know in a more approachable way yeah and like you said like you mentioned earlier that's what good sci-fi does is that it tackles difficult topics but does it in a more approachable way that's what good sci-fi does yeah like what i always heard about yeah what i always heard about sci-fi like what makes sci-fi good because i mean there's sci-fi covers a huge realm of Of things that you can consider every horror movie to be a part of the sci-fi that could fall under the sci-fi umbrella to things like star wars but like a real cutting sci-fi movie usually takes place in some type of dystopian uh society and it uses the elements of you know technology and futurism and sci-fi to be a social commentary or a political commentary of some kind that's what you know good in my opinion good sci-fi aims for is using right. the tools commentary. yeah of course social comment so it uses the tools of you know futurism to tell a social commentary of current times Mm -hmm. so where what i where what i think this movie satirizes more more so than just war is uh the presentation of it to the public because Mm -hmm. many times i feel like watching watching this movie you're i feel like you're almost watching some weird propaganda piece yeah yeah i mean and even at the end it ends with a piece of propaganda yeah the the whole movie has those scenes where it looks like you're watching a newsreel first that weird eagle symbol yeah. is flashed which yeah, let's we can be, get in this let's just there's say it so outright. much fascist yeah d- this movie is full of fascism <laughs> like basically the the uh, the war the earth government yeah is what are they called is there there's a name for them uh hold on here uh well like i was saying you know this movie, like you said, is uh, the the government is a very it's a fascist regime. Yeah, it has a lot of United fascist... Citizen Federation. Yeah, <laughs> and you know that that the the whole thing that I thought was was really interesting was the whole idea of 
what does it mean to be a you know like well you know they could you couldn't yeah citizen and you can't be everybody that hasn't served is a civilian but in order to become a citizen you have to fight in the military and then you can become a citizen until you become just it's almost like yeah it's almost like it creates like like from the ancient Honestly, Rome, like, like, like you know, like a class structure yeah, almost. like you know how in ancient Rome there had like the caste systems, right? And like there was like a military caste right. that was like above the common person, you know, like fighting in the military elevated you in society above everybody else who hadn't, right, been in the military, minus maybe like the elites, mm-hmm. you know. So it kind of, you know, fighting in the military elevates your class status, you know, and you know so much of it like the way the 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 look that eagle symbol tell me that doesn't look like something fascist that eagle symbol oh, sim- yeah. and oh, like yeah. you know i was saying when we were watching it like the way the government like when there's like a parliament type building you know mm-hmm. of some that it flashes basically a lot of the film is presented to you as a to you as a viewer where it's almost like a news report where like right. we'll come at you and we'll flash all these like news pieces and it's like want to know more want to know more and it'll like tell right. you things about the fighting right. and it the soldiers it almost goes to and... like a 90s ish website and it will mm-hmm. like you know they're like clicking on like all this information and then it cuts to different pieces of propaganda yeah. within like you know the join now join up you yeah know? but like i was saying like the way everything looks the structure of the buildings how it looks in the video, the symbols, the uniforms Neil Patrick Harris's character is wearing. It, looks like, it looks like Gestapo yeah, it shit. Does. It looks like fascist architecture. I was and, telling you, while we were watching this, I had read something several years ago about fascist architecture and the way it looks is very, like, simplistic, but, like, strong and commanding. Like, right. grandiose, but also at the same time very gray and plain and rigid, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, no, and um, I uh, it's 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 interesting, you know. Just kind of like we can talk more about this later, but the thing that I kept on thinking of as like connecting it to like real life is that like you know this is obviously a more stylized version of you know how Paul Verhoeven feels about you know the world we live in as far when it comes to war, mm. especially, you know, uh, I mean, let's, let's start off with the character, the main character. Okay. Um, what was his name? It was like, uh, Johnny Rico, Johnny Rico. Mm-hmm. What a name. <laughs> he looks like a Ken doll. Yeah. And I'm like, I was, <laughs> you know what he, a- you know what I was thinking? He looked like, he kind of looked like how the main, uh, character. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a it's a doll in a Team America. <laughs> mm, yes, <laughs> the, team yes. of the main yes. doll character in Team America looks. Well, he kind of looks like that. A little he's bit. basically like supposed to represent like the all American guy, even though he's he's in Buenos Aires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oddly enough, they're in Buenos Aires in the, in South America, Buenos Aires, which which probably indicates that 
you know, like the like borders and the it's like one united world since there mm-hmm. is like yeah. an existential yeah. threat. You know, and, and you know, like from the beginning, like at the football game that he has or the arena because it's an indoor football. Like he's like doing backflips over yeah, people. Crazy. Like who who just knows in high school just knows how to do backflips over groups of people like it's that. Crazy. Like it's ridiculous. Like it's it's outrageous almost. Like mm-hmm. it's a little absurdist the film right. and like how it's, it's for sure absurdist. I mean, <laughs> I love the part in the beginning where he's like going to uh, enlist. And the guy's like, ah, an infantryman. That's what that's what made me the man I am today. And then it's funny. You see that he has a prosthetic arm. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, all right, yeah, that's you know, all right, whatever. And then it and then it cuts away like he's he's in like a office chair and he swivels mm-hmm. away. And you see that he's missing both of his legs. <laughs> <He has no laughs> and it's just like he's like, oh yes, the infantry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what made me the man I am today. And he's like missing half his limbs, more than half his limbs. Right. right. And if the to add on to the weird caste system that exists that that is created through the what i believe is this film the society they exist in is a military militaristic dystopia For that's sure. kind of what the gist i was getting of it where class is built dependent on your service in the military and also what branch of that military you serve in yeah because even within the military there's because he goes up with his free three friends it's it's rico and he goes well it's the girl i forget the girl's name she goes up and she goes into the fleet and he's like oh fleet's good fleet yeah carmen fleet's good fleet's cool that's like the middling tier right and then and then mph MPH goes up and he gets the games in theory which is essentially the gestapo and he's like oh that's top tier that's upper echelon right you know and then he's infantry which is essentially just like the grunt work the lowest class of right you know the military structure yeah you know and one, one of the things i thought was interesting just tying to the, like the fascist like the fascist world authoritarian world that the, um dystopia like you said mm-hmm. just connecting it to today you can see that like the way they manufacture consent in the movie, yes, of course, it's over the top because, you know, it's a movie, but you kind of connect it to today and you can kind of see how, as as far as like the role the media plays in, cre- manu- like I said, manufacturing mm-hmm. consent for, you know, a war. Um, I mean, every time the media clips come on, come up, it's very... There's a lot of bravado behind it. A lot of like of the, victory to victory. Yeah, one like of the you need to enlist. I, I thought was uh, anytime there was like, uh, it's like okay, they censored out the violence to the aliens right on these propag of this propaganda website. Mm. Uh, they censored out that, but like then they show like just a bunch of dead bodies. But they, mm. you know, I mean, they just throw like a black censor bar, which I thought was hilarious because, you know. You're still showing violence. <laughs> it doesn't matter if there's a fucking black sensor bar, you know. <laughs> and like you, did you see how in the one part, like where the arachnid killed the cow, the censored bar came up, but then there's like all this blood yeah, flying blood up behind it. Fly- yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, you know, uh, I think that you know, like, it doesn't really matter what what happens in the story. Like the the yes, there's a plot. The story's real basic. At yeah, it's surface. it's very basic. It's more so. The guy is in high school. 
his dad tells him he needs to go to Harvard to, you know, right. whatever. And he's like, oh, I need to go join the military. I want to be a citizen. A citizen is, like, who, you know, protects our nation. Didn't they also uh, say that uh, only citizens can vote? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, only you have to have served in the military to have voted. Right. And, uh, you know, basically implying that you have to earn all your rights. That your rights aren't given to you. That they're all earned privileges and, and and his story is oh i need to be a citizen i need to join the military and in a weird way like his dad is almost like the countercultural force right. encouraging him to go to school and like not buy into all the propaganda and not give in and just oh yeah just go to the military like everybody else and you know join the battles and and whatnot like you need to you know aspire to be different yeah. you know you know but like the guy looks at it he's so ingrained in the propaganda that he's like no this is the path that in order to be uh, a productive member of my society i need to join the military but i need to be a not, citizen not, actually i disagree because not so much with the main character johnny rico because like he said you know after carmen broke up with him because she's like i want to serve on my own ship i want she wanted you know, to be a pilot yeah. she wanted to be a pilot and she's like i don't think that leaves much room for you mm-hmm. and after that he says, like, he's like, the whole reason why I joined up was be- to follow a girl. Yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. one of the things I thought was interesting was the the part where uh, the guy who said he's a writer, and he's, like, he's going around asking people, like, what's their reason for joining the military? And I've seen, a, like, a lot of TikToks and uh, videos of... You know, like, where well, they'll go around, uh, fuck, I'll, I'll have to show you to you later, hmm. but they'll go around in, like, in a, you know, in some uh, bunker, not barracks. bunker, barracks, yeah, that's the word I was looking for, and he's, someone's just going around, I was like, why'd you join the army? Because I'm stupid. <laughs> why'd you join? <laughs> I think I've that? seen a video like yeah, that, yeah. You know what I mean? And, it, and like, I was getting the same v- vibe from that, and, you know, there's, there's, uh, you know the let's talk about um how they like what they like what they do to get people to enlist right of course like you said like you stated before there's a hierarchy between people who served and people who don't mm-hmm. all right and every a lot of people have different motives like there was one person who said i want to be a politician one one who said you know uh i i forget i forget some of the reasons that they give but when you when you look at it, it's it's like, well, the, what do you think was Rico's reason? Johnny Rico's reason was to going... follow. I think it was to follow the girl. But then there was like a nine eleven ish type of attack, <laughs> and then his like, the asteroid launched at the planet, yeah. right? And because the arachnids whole... have lived in like an asteroid field right. for context, they live in an asteroid field, and they occasionally launch perhaps because it's never really clear whether or not they're actually throwing out asteroids at earth the asteroid just comes out of nowhere and it and it hits hits buenos aires yeah yeah (laughs) and it it destroys buenos aires you know uh and you know that ends up being like what pushes him forward from that point because after she breaks up with him he's like well that was the whole reason why i was you know here Mm mm-hmm he was gonna leave after right. his punishment, and I, I just I find you know 
the reasons to go to war. Like, yeah, you know, everyone has their own reasons, you know. Like, let's think about, like, why why do people join the military in the U.S.? Well, some do it for benefits. Some do it yeah, for... Yeah, I mean, help. there's the famous GI Bill that was, right. you know, instilled. I don't know when it was... I think it was, I think it was during FDR in FDR, World War II. yeah. Basically, you join the military and you get... You, when you leave, you get to go to college for free right. on the GI Bill. And right. you get a lot of other benefits, too, you know. Of course. Healthcare, I think, comes with the GI right. Bill. Right, so they make it appealing to people who seem lost. Mm-hmm. People who seem aimless and don't have, you know, much direction. You know, they, they that's, that's what the military, who they appeal to, is, you know, like... Uh, you know, like there was one guy, okay, I, I remember this one. There was one guy who, he was the guy that died in the training exercise. He was mm-hmm. like, well, my parents are all farmers and I want to work on a farm. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, you know, it, I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to like, you know, make anyone feel bad for like, you know, wanting to serve, but it's, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's um it's interesting the motivations to enlist. Mm-hmm. I, I find, and you see it in this movie. Uh, but think about this: in in this society, enlisting and being a part of the military elevates your status in right. society. So I feel like for the majority, maybe not the main character, Rico. Yeah, he's following a girl. He he is a very generic person. Yeah, like the way he looks, his motives, yeah, yeah, the way he acts, and he's like an all star jock. He's an all American jock, right. like very like kind of like a caricature of like your uh, American white guy, American jock who's super athletic and you know not much else going for him but like you know he could be he could he could thrive on just well, his on the, just you that see, fact that you he's see in a, the beginning when he checks his test scores that he has he has low test scores which is also kind of like a interesting yes, correlation to today but that just reminded me so because um back to the point kind of jumping back and forth Go here for back it. to the to the point about this them living in a fascist society mm-hmm. Um, there's something interesting that I was thinking about watching it. There's no privacy in the society they live mm, in. Yes. So yes. so their test scores come up on giant screens for everybody to see. Everybody can see how you scored on the test. Right. And and at, even at one part, MPH goes up and, and even magnifies his test score to show everybody that kind of like, as in a friendly way, kind of humiliate him and mock him and be like, oh, 35 on math, huh? And then when he gets messages from home, whether it's from his parents, it's blown up on a big screen for the entire barracks to mm. see, or he gets the message from his girlfriend at Fleet, everybody sees it, everybody's there watching, right. or the co-ed showers too you know yeah, like you there's like, like yeah there's, <laughs> see, there's but in this fascist society there's zero privacy like right. privacy is you're stripped of your privacy whether you're in the right. it's not military like, it's not like or not some kind of like inclusive thing it's just like they've been conditioned to have no privacy that's yeah right. and you know what's also kind of interesting too is that when you think about um the world the on the what you know on earth it all, it all seems like they all live in like a big base. 
You yeah. know what I mean? It doesn't mm-hmm. really seem like they live in like a home, like a bunch of. It seems like they all live like on like some kind of all connected base. It's I know. Weird. So hold on. This is this is might be a little bit of a reach here. Go for it. But the enemy force they're fighting, the Iraq, the 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 Arachnids are like a hive. The mindset. Iraqis. The, <laughs> <laughs> the Arachnids are like a hive mind society, okay. like where there's no individual. The and board. in the beginning, when he's in science class, the teacher says something to him like, "Oh." Bugs have no ego. They have no sense of self. They have no fear of death. It's just merely they're part of a hive mind and they yeah. do and what then, they're and told then when to it cut, do. And then when it cuts to the, uh, there is one like little interstitial part where uh, it cuts to like a like a talk show where it's like supposed to be like you know like a left right mm-hmm. like talk talking boy there's one guy's like to think that to say that a bug can think just offends me <laughs> but i think there's a weird comparison between the hive mind society of the arachnids where they're cons- completely stripped of the individual completely stripped of any sense of self or privacy or anything like that in comparison with how a fascist society might run mm. one that the bugs all live in a tunnel all in one base you just is what made me think of it when you said it doesn't it seem weird how they all seem to like live in one certain base right. one certain hive maybe mm. and that they're all slowly being stripped of individualism of ego of a sense of self in order to all serve one greater purpose as the arachnids live to serve the big brains as they call right. them the big brain bugs as they call them are the people that live in this fascist society perhaps being stripped of privacy and that sense of self and all being pushed into sure. a hive of some kind yeah because you, it, know? you know when i mean to do that that's how you that's how you you know not to use the word again but that's how you manufacture consent is mm-hmm. that you condition people Mm-hmm. you condition them to like in every aspect of their lives to not be okay with privacy like you said and um <clears throat> yeah uh let's see what what else is there um let's talk about uh let's talk about the propaganda yeah that's the like like i said earlier as a viewer watching this it feels like you're being presented with some weird right propaganda piece to join the military to be in support of war right and whether it's you know you know what's interesting sorry not to cut you off but one of the interesting things is is that you know it tries to do like this personal story right like you know where the guy um johnny he, he goes and saves carmen but and you know you kind of like you're kind of like invested in the personal story as well as the greater story sure but then in the end, you know, like, you know, they end up capturing the the big brain bug mm-hmm. and uh, they're basically, you know, they're like, oh, you know, you know, they're lauded as like heroes. But at the end, it cuts to it, it cuts to like a propaganda piece b- being like. We're learning now every day how to how to uh, you know learn learning about the bugs so that we can greater destroy them, mm. and you know it, and then it cuts like you can be like and it names the three people the Car- Carmen Johnny and MPH's character I don't mm. remember his name but Me MPH <laughs> it speaks for itself 
And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny that like in the end he caps it off as being like this whole thing was a propaganda piece. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. sure. It's a very brutal lie. It's a very brutal movie. Let's like, as much as it is like a, a satire. The scene of that guy, it's hard to remember the character's names. Maybe that's done on purpose to dehumanize and to like de-individualize people. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe or maybe I'm just drink too much to not remember their names. But anyways, like the scene of that guy getting his brain the big sucking. brain bug sucking Xander, yeah, the big brain bug sucking out his brains is a very fucking that's a gnarly scene. Yeah, that's brutal. Sure. Like his face as that happens, right? <laughs> and you know, uh, you know, you're constantly presented with like. You know, at first, the guy Johnny, he there's an accident where someone dies in a training exercise, mm-hmm. and as the mo- movie goes on, he becomes hardened by battle, right? He becomes a hard, you know, mm-hmm. what I mean, like he rises through ranks simply just by being alive. And <laughs> yeah, that is true. Like yeah. it's just the people in front of him keep dying, and yeah, they're like, exactly. "All right, you're now this, you're now corporal. All right, now you're sergeant." I mean, he straight up capped one of his teachers, <laughs> like who was his, you know, <laughs> lieutenant. And you know, that's, uh, you know, I, I just think that. And the, he, you know what they say to him when he when he gets promoted, you're at you're at this rank until you die, or we find someone better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, you know what? Also, um, I, I, I I'm just thinking about it's this. just to make you expendable. Go go ahead. I think now this might just be a theory, mm-hmm. but I think the whole movie is not real. I feel like the mm-hmm. whole movie is a propaganda piece mm. to get people to enlist, right? You know, it's kind of like a long piece to where you you get you get somewhat um, into the personal story of it, but in the end, like I said, it capped off with like the join now, join up. Mm-hmm. You know, we and, want you. Like literally, those words flash on the screen. Right. It says, "We want you" in right. like big letters. And part of me thinks, like you know, maybe this, you know, this is all just orchestrated as a piece of propaganda, so that, um, because how come he's the only one that gets put in like the regeneration tank? Like it seems mm, like yeah. every it seems like everyone else just dies yeah, on the battlefield. Like is, no one, yeah, you know what that I mean? is weird. Yeah, yeah like I didn't he's think the about only one who's that, like yeah. gets put in like this tank. The regeneration where they like regenerate tank, yeah. his cells because he gets and stabbed like by one of the arachnids in the leg. Right. Yeah, and everybody else that gets sliced up by them just fucking dies. Right. Yeah. It almost seems like it's like a staged movie, uh, to just serve as greater propaganda. Right, you know, like when you yeah, think it's like of, oddly meta in that sense. Yeah, like yeah. when you think of like uh, Inglorious Bastards, mm, you, love it. <laughs> we'll have to cover that one. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, Inglorious Bastards, you know, like the the movie they're watching is the you know the guy up in the sniper tower, and you know he's killing the Americans and you know the Germans. Oh yeah, I am. And if it was giving me like a lot of that vibes, like where, yeah, like it's like, you know, it has like a facade of a story, Mm -hmm. but in reality, it all just serves as furthering propaganda. Mm -hmm. And it didn't really happen in the way as it's presented. Right. Right. So I kind of like, I'm honestly just thinking this off the top of my head. I think that the whole movie is, is, um, 
kind of propaganda hmm. uh, in a way just to get people to enlist. Like yeah. you inspire them with the here's Johnny Rico. He's hmm. the all American guy, yeah. you know, the huh. all Earth guy. And, yeah. You know, he's like supposed to, you know, uh, he he has you know the girlfriend. And then he has the girl who's like lusting after him. It's like, it's just very bizarre, right? It feels like all (laughs) one big propaganda piece. Like it has moments of brutality and realness for sure, definitely. But it feels like those moments are cut short, right? They're cut short to further progress the story, right? Like it's not like no one like lingers in like a very emotional, you know what I mean? It's, I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking no, too much. No, I actually, I think that's a very interesting uh, take on this to say that um, perhaps the story, because like I said, this is, it's a very meta film. Like it is presented to you as a viewer. Like you're not meant to get super engrossed with the character. You're meant to be watching this, like almost knowing you're watching a film, but like presented to you in this way that it's getting shown to you as an advert almost as an advertisement by the united it's almost like the and the the movie straight up had like commercial breaks yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know what i mean like it had commercial breaks where it would you know do more propaganda so that's further adds to my theory you know that would be that is an interesting take to say that maybe this story of johnny and carmen and nph they're merely just characters made up by the the propaganda machine behind the United Citizens Federation to they made this story up and to just purely, you know, drive enlistment in in the military of these, you know, soldiers, the all American guy, the, you know, sweetheart, hot girl that, you know, becomes the pilot or the, you know, this smart guy with the brains that, you know, works his way up the Gestapo ladder to become a military intelligence officer, you know? Right. And, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe in in a weird way it could be like that, you know, it is an orchestrated... And, you know, you know, know, I think that that the movie uh, weirdly uh, places the viewer in is the character of uh, Diz, the Dizzy girl. Because if you think about, like, they do the whole thing of, like, oh, we're all three friends, we're friends together, but she's, the girl Diz, plays, like, a a decently sized role in the movie, Mm -hmm. right? But it's not, like... The girl lusting after Rico? Right, the girl lusting after him. You know, uh, it's almost like she doesn't really... it's, she seems like off as compared if we're going along with this theory mm-hmm. she seems like kind of out of place right yeah. she's like almost like oh you know she got to die for her you know for her for her planet yeah she gets the space burial <laughs> yeah exactly you know and I, uh, I I just think it's like a very brutalized and very real piece of like propaganda basically mm-hmm. um, I don't yeah. know like do you see do you see like kind of like correlations to like you know like real life and the world yeah i was i was gonna ask you next um how would you compare this to like how america presents its military right. and, and uh as we're recording this let's just you know for posterity um <laughs> this is we're about let's see when, when did we when did we start uh with i mean we've been withdrawing for a while yeah but this like, is, i mean the afghanistan thing's been going and been headline news for about a week now yeah week and a half right okay um 
and maybe a little bit longer. I mean, it's been a it's been an unfolding event, you know? right? And you know, when we just let's just take the the media aspect of it because the word that we seem to keep repeating is propaganda. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the media. And I mean, definitely the society in this movie seems to be locked in a never ending war with the arachnids. Right. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> at the end when they get the big brain bug. First off, I just want to say this: the part this part made me laugh so hard was when when uh, he the guy the MPH you know he's like psychic, or he, like you know he's like an empath you know he can yeah. kind of understand. Uh, you but know, he works for the Gestapo. But he works for the Gestapo. Um, so he's a, a fascist empath, <laughs> a fascist psychic, <laughs> and uh, he goes and he feels the bug and he's like, it's scared. <laughs> and then they all go, yeah! <laughs> it's afraid. It's afraid, <laughs> you know? Right. And, you know, um, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, man, that part made me laugh. Uh, but, yeah, like, you think that that's, like, you, you get this feeling like, oh, this might, you know, this might be the yeah, end the, of the yeah. war. But in the reality, it's just war keeps going. Yeah, it's, like, only, like, just one stage of a never-ending cycle of just like oh now we got one of the big brain bugs now we can study it that's what they're doing right. they're studying it you right. know and now we can study it and know even better how yeah, to fight just like how we stu- and then it ends- just like how we studied uh supposed taliban members in guantanamo bay we studied terrorism and we want you for the next deployment right. <laughs> yeah um, but, like, but you you see the way that the media plays a big role in war mm-hmm. right it's or like, just how war is presented to the public right yeah right and you know um like let's take one of the most popular talking points that we've been hearing over the past week the whole Oh well, you you know I guess you don't care about women. That whole that whole mm-hmm. you know narrative, that seems like a blatant psyop to try that that is being pu- pushed by you know a supposed moderate news source like CNN, mm. uh, even MSNBC, and definitely for sure Fox News, mm. right? The three the three horsemen. <laughs> uh, you know they they try to play on this empathic role like oh don't you care about the don't you care about the you know the women there and it's like that seems like a very it's like you don't fucking care or all the uh, or anything else there it's just it just seems to me like it's just a narrative that they've grasped onto in order to continue the war right you know and you know another- everything, everything in this movie, all the the media, pro- the propaganda presentation, the media presentation serves to continue the fighting, to continue the war. You right. know, so when you have something like right now with Afghanistan, as the U.S. pulls out a lot of the propaganda pieces, be it conservative or moderate or even you know liberal, whatever it may be, political affiliations aside like a lot of them will be on the side of trying to push a narrative a storyline whatever it may be in order to continue the war everything serves in order to continue to proliferate the military industrial complex to continue the war to serve the fascist state that thrives from a wartime society like the society in this film and in a way it can be 
um, you know, projected onto American society or other societies throughout time, like war helps maintain a society in a weird way. Yeah, like I war mean, helps control a society. It yeah. helps order a society. Like having war in the military is a fourth, a forefront of what your nation does and and how it conducts itself like can dictate how you can control people and how you can maintain a right. society through. and see i come more from the jean-luc picard school of thought where i <laughs> believe in diplomacy Diplo and you're peace. on a diplomatic mission <laughs> yes on a diplomatic mission to go when no man has gone before um but yeah, you know, like, it, it, like thinking about this movie, I'm thinking about it in an imperial, a U.S. imperial. Mm -hmm. We'll just say. Imperial. I mean, they're an invading force in yeah. this movie. Yeah, no, they're, they're literally <laughs> the Starship Troopers are the invading force. Right. It's not that Earth is being invaded. In most right. alien movies, the aliens come to Earth. Yeah, and, and, that, and, is, that is. And, yeah, and Earth I think humanity we just this movie, dude. has we just to defend itself. It. They're the, the invading force in this film. Yeah, and you know what's also a weird thing, like <laughs> oh. kind of tying to my theory? Hmm. No one has PTSD. Well, except the general at the base. R right, So, yeah. But he's shell-shocked, and he gets killed, and he's laughable. He's presented as like a coward, yeah. and he's presented as he's out of his mind. He's a coward. He gets killed, and the soldiers... to the lieutenant. The soldiers, did you gets... see when he gets killed? The soldiers smile. Yeah, they kind of smile Gary, and laugh. Son. Yeah, well... There is this thing I've if you look at if you look up shell shocked in in Wikipedia there's this ominous image of of what a shell shock trooper in World War 1 looked like and back in the day for a long time um being shell shocked was seen as like a sign of cowardice and and like being a loser being or being weak yeah nowadays we call shell shock PTSD that's the more proper way to the, the politically correct way to say it but like um back in the day being shell-shocked like it happens like you you see here i'll show you the famous image that's the famous image of this shell-shocked soldier in world war one in the trenches Oh shit! Yeah, it's creepy, that isn't is it? Yeah, creepy. <laughs> yeah. Um, this face, like yeah. they look insane. Yeah, it, yeah. but that's a shell. That's the shell shocked man. It's a famous picture. Um, you know, it, it it seeing war at its most primal, most base state, like can you know leave you in this quote unquote shell shocked state that basically drives you to madness, and it like. A lot of times, propaganda, especially back in the day, would present being shell shocked as a form of cowardice and and weakness. But truly, like that is just a base response, an instinctual response to seeing something so outrageous and mad as you know full scale war. You know, right? Yeah, you know, um, I, uh, I, I. I got, it felt, this movie felt really close to the time we're living in. And, yeah. it, and weirdly enough, this you know, movie was made in 1997. Yeah, no, it like predates 9-11, yeah. predates Iraq, predates Afghanistan. But I mean, it has, it has things to draw from it, like World War II, the right. fascist architecture, the Gestapo course, yeah. uniforms, the way the characters almost look like Nazis. The Starship Troopers 
for look sure. like futuristic Nazis. For sure, yeah. Way. They yeah. they all they look and, they literally <laughs> look like stormtroopers. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know and I mean, there's Vietnam, and a lot of times I don't know if you notice this when the soldiers are shooting, they're saying something like "Get some, come on, get some." From think Full Metal Jacket, the guy in the in the helicopter shooting right, right. the citizens, the Vietnamese people running the rice farmers, you know, get some, get some, you know, that kind of. Or you can of... even think like Apocalypse Now, like when they're when they're like going down the river in the mm. boat, and then they they you know they straight up murder like a whole like family. yeah, and, and shooting the gun right. like that when you're just like when you're shooting the masses, just get some, get some, come on, you die want some of that? You know that's how that's it. You know like that was like the, the die motherfucker. So that so I first heard this. I don't know if it's true or not. Um, when I was in my freshman year of college, I had a I had a friend who said he had a friend going to the Marines, and that. In the Marines, when most of the time when soldiers shoot their gun, they're shooting semi-auto. So you just one right. trigger pull is one bullet. But they're like, if you turn your gun to full auto, it's going to be a lot of recoil. So in order to manage that recoil, you have to shoot in bursts. So in the Marines, this guy claimed that his friend had told him that you pull down the trigger for a certain amount of time and then you release it. And that yeah. when they're training them and shooting in that way, that the trigger time of pulling it had to be matched to the saying. And the saying was, die, motherfucker, die. Yeah. Die, motherfucker, die. You hold your trigger down in full auto and say to yourself, die, motherfucker, die. Take the, your finger off the trigger. Die, motherfucker, die. Shoot. When as you say that, yeah. and then take it off and repeat, rinse and repeat. You know. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, disturbing. that's fucking dark. If that's, that's true, if that's, I don't think we. I don't. I mean, we have <laughs> what thirteen listeners. If there's, if we have on the off chance we have a listener that trained in the Marines, please let us know if that's true or not. We have at we Bash our, Brothers Pod. I'd, protonmail.com <laughs> yeah. we'd be interested to know and i would i would be because the guy that Bash told Brothers me this podcast <laughs> sorry it's not pod i thought i kept on saying it was pod and i was <laughs> such an idiot dude um but yeah so you know you can definitely see a lot of correlations to today i mean you can also um yeah you know i uh, i yeah you're right it does it does seem like a never-ending war yeah. just like you know I mean, we're, Zach, you're 27, I'm 26. Mm-hmm. M- a majority of our life, we've been in Ag- Afghanistan. I mean, they invaded Afghanistan when I was in second. I remember being in a second grade class and like the teacher had like that fucking giant fucking TV tube thing. Yep. And they like turned on the news and they're like, yep, yeah, the first bombings just took place over Afghanistan like months, just a month or two after 9-11. And they're like, yeah, we're going into Afghanistan. I was a fucking child. I was there so was young. This is like a <laughs> faded memory. This is like a memory right. that's like fuzzy. And and I remember them invading Afghanistan. And now, tw- uh, damn near uh, uh, two decades later, literally two decades later, they're they're leaving. It's like the fucking Peloponnesian War in in from from ancient history, a war that just just had no end in sight. And people, like in this movie, it became so commonplace that, you know, it's ingrained in your media, it's ingrained in your society, it's accepted as just the reality and just the way things are, you know, and and everybody turns a blind eye to it, 
and the enemy is shown as this un unintangible like you can't understand them they're just right. nothing but a mindless horde and they're so far flung from who we are and where we live that it doesn't even matter if you live on, if you live in the nation and <laughs> and and you and and we can just send endless waves of of people to go f invade be an invading force right. to just do the bidding of this nation and for what like what is the point of the war with the arachnids i guess to defend from possible asteroid strikes aka terrorism to defend from False terrorist <laughs> acts and 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 engage in an endless invasion and an endless war and 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 for what what do you what do you get from it at the end what do the star trip troopers have to take from this i guess they get an elevated place in their society i guess veterans in a way even though most of them are left on the streets and in right. homeless situations and you know i guess they get people get to say thank you for your service and empty right. platitude at the end of the day yeah in our society maybe they get somewhat of an elevated thank you for your status services up there with <laughs> like when people service. when people say like thoughts and prayers thank after like, a, like yeah after it means like, nothing yeah. it's just a way of feeling like you're you know being polite i guess but yeah. all right well let's wrap this up with our final thoughts you ever thought about joining the military no 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 I mean, my dad always threatened me with military school, but you got to go to military yeah. school. I've thought about joining the military, like I was yeah. saying, while watching it. Like, well, my interest was always, um, you know, I don't come from a family that was pro-war, pro-military, or anything like that. So, for me, um, I always looked at it like, like it would be a continuation of my like education, and so I looked at branches of the military that were like. I guess education. Well, you know the military. The military some... engages in CRT now, so yeah. It... <laughs> Which is what? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Mm. The critical race theory. I was oh, making well, a joke. They? I was oh, making a joke. They've got the military's got has gotten woke. Yeah, the military. Yeah, yeah, that's what they've been I've saying heard, recently. Yeah. I've heard they're very mad that the military's gotten woke. <laughs> yeah. I hate well, that the military has gotten woke. <laughs> You know, uh, for a short time when I was, uh, many times in my life when I've been a, a lost young man, you know, and not knowing what direction to take, like, joining, like, in particular the Navy was always the one that I was, had my eye on and had engaged with in some, to some degree, just because it seemed like it offered an extension to your education and a chance for, it, like, weirdly enough, like, a chance for adventure and a chance to like grow hey, in brought, some you way bought, you bought the propaganda well just i mean like propaganda aside like i mean throughout history young people have looked at war and been like oh here's a chance for adventure and to grow and to you know find some part of myself and i think for yeah. a lot of lost people who are looking for answers to looking to find themselves in some way it looks like an easy answer. It looks like an easy path to find those answers, at least. Like, join the Navy. You can find figure out what you're good at. Become a part of something. Which, yeah, become a part of something. And I have... I like serving the public. Like, I like to... I gravitate most of my jobs, you know, have been based in the public sector, you know. So, you get to serve your community in a way, be that the nation, which is something I like. I like 
serve your community and go on an adventure and then find yourself and you know at the end of the day you can leave with skills and be more realized than you were before you enlisted and that was always something that attracted me about it and i'm not a pro-war person i'm not someone who i've never supported any war that america's engaged with in my lifetime but like yet it still had some attraction to me and now i'm 27 like i think that there's a cutoff age and i think it's 28 or 29 so i I, i'm not gonna enlist it's not like i'm not that type of person i'm not a miller touristic person my personality just wouldn't mesh with it right you know i don't i wouldn't be cut out for it personality wise i i just you know i'm not that kind of person so you know but it was always something there in the back of my mind where i was like if all else fails i can just join the navy i can go to the navy and obviously that's not the path i took and it's not the path i will take but it was something i considered so you know it it, in america i don't know how it is in other countries but in america like the military exists as kind of an almost like an 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 out yeah for just being like fuck this i don't know where i'm going i don't know who i am and i need to figure this out and i need a clear cut disciplined rigid path to figure this out and the military is there to give you that you know, in a weird way you, whether you'll leave with ptsd or you'll be enlisted as an officer and get to sit in a, in a cushy chair all day just punching in numbers or whatever you know there's tons of different roles in the well, military don't, don't uh israeli citizens have mandatory military service? there's a, there's many countries yeah. with mandatory military yeah. service you know right. so it's not something you know unfounded yeah but you know it's I mean, you say you said no so instantly, and I mean, I'm not surprised by that. There'd probably be a lot of people that would be an instant yeah. no, but like, you know, looking back at how I went, like, I mean, I was in college for fucking, you know, on and off for six, seven years, you right. know, not continuously, but like looking back on it, like if I could, if I was to say, if someone was to come to me and say, hey, like where you're at now, you'd be in a better spot you would have been more ordered and you could be, you could have a little bit more discipline over yourself and a little bit more self governance too. And if you followed this path for, I mean, most military service, you enlist and you agree to a certain amount of time. Right. And if they were like, go through ROTC, get commissioned as an officer, as a Lieutenant right out of it and go do four five, six, whatever years. And I could be did that from age 18 till now I would be, you know, let's say going into age 30. You'd be Lord Commander of the Lord Space Command- Force. Well, look, I would always, if I joined, if I was lived in the Game of Thrones world, way off topic, I would for sure be a part of the Night's Watch. And oh, that's yeah. that. Yeah, so. it's for the greater good. <laughs> for the night, yeah. I mean, like, there is something appealing about, like, saying, like, you know, like, for the greater good, give up yourself, sacrifice yeah. yourself, and go, go defend all of society and yeah. all of and the all of humanity. The problem is that we for... engage in imperialism. So exactly, the Night's Watch doesn't. Yeah. We're the watchers on the wall. Yeah. At the end of the day, Lord Commander. All right, let's give our final thoughts. You want okay. to go first? All right. Um. Um. Well, I like this movie. I've never seen it before. It's fun. It's weirdly campy. 
um it's i love how it's meta too i love how you're constantly reminded you're watching something through those like weird like advert clips where it's like you want to know more and you know it's constantly like putting you into the action and then pulling you out like reminding you that you know this is a a something you're watching you're not actually actively involved in it i think that's really cool i love how very subtle the satire is Mm. and the um commentary is because the other half like that's maybe makes up a third of the movie is is that stuff and the fascist architecture the fascist messaging is also very subtle and not ham-fisted so i like how it's it's like i said subtle but the other half of the movie is straight up action like more than the majority of the movie is straight up action fighting alien guts yellow blood you know shooting the gun shooting like on full auto blast like the majority of the movie so it's like in this weird place between being like a campy action movie and being like a you know deep social common sci- sci-fi social commentary and i think it finds a nice even medium between those two you know of not being overtly like over the top with its commentary or its you know reflections of fascism or military propaganda or or a dystopian-esque military society and also being like a kind of fun watchable like sci-fi gory shooter yeah (laughs) you know but um honestly a lot of the movies we've watched in the past have had you know great acting and um a lot of the acting in this movie is very stiff yeah, it's very weird. <laughs> i don't know how else to see it. it's like rigid and stiff and maybe that's done on purpose but it's not bad. no no i think i think you know not to cut in but i think it's kind of done on purpose in like almost like a david lynchian type of way like with maybe. like with like twin peaks you know but I mean? even in david lynch i prefer the acting i would say is maybe perhaps the weakest part okay. of this but maybe it's done on purpose i don't know I th- I think but I think personally the acting is the way it is because it's it's a, like you said it's propaganda. Yeah. Thing. Maybe, maybe. So but I mean the acting was a little off putting yeah. the characters like <laughs> I like did not like the Rico guy from the start. Yeah. <laughs> he was like off putting from the start just because I don't like that all American jock type. Um and you I'm know, sorry, the, my Chad tendencies. <laughs> your virgin. The tendency. action sequence. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> the the action sequences too. Sometimes they're just like they, you know, a lot of the just shooting at these weird, like oddly CGI generated arachnids was. It's good for its kind time, of was somewhat. Yeah, it was good for its time, but would get stale. Although there was some very fucking brutal scenes that were like, oh, holy shit, like the guy getting his brain sucked out yeah. was like a scene where People I was like, People are constantly being damn. decapitated yeah. and chopped in half and like... But still at the same time, it makes it kind of campy. It's kind of like a campy action, gory action. Yeah. But the but the one the the one that does stick out to me is the guy getting his brain sucked out. Like that is fucking, that was a gnarly scene. That one made me be like, holy shit. 
so i mean that was cool um so the social and political commentary aside mixed with the action film i mean it's a good watch it's a fun watch it's a good watch and it, it leaves you with a little bit of a taste of like oh you know like what does this have to say about our current society and how we you know view war these days you know i think you could go in a lot of different directions with it and um you know but at, on another angle it is you know a little bit of a dated movie in terms of its effects and it's like not dated like it feels like it like like it makes a lot of predictions about where we are now coming oh, yeah. from 97 but also in a lot of other ways and just how it's presented it does feel dated the set feels dated and you know i don't know so i i enjoyed the watch um fun movie um on a one through ten scale what would i give it um i think i'd sit at a solid seven for this one so all right so um i really liked this movie i uh you know, I love RoboCop. I mean, it's one of my favorite sci-fi movies. Um, you know, I think Paul Verhoeven's social commentary is top-notch. I think he, I think he does a really good job at conveying, you know, kind of some, you know, for a lot of people, a lot of these themes are kind of hard to digest, you know, in, you know, in a more uh, if you think about it in like a more kind of uh, maybe like artsy or, you know, uh, I mean, think about it, dude. We had the movie The Hurt Locker, which was just a blatant propaganda movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, Hurt Locker sucked. Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> Hurt Locker um, sucked. There is no nuance to that. At least this film had nuance. There's yeah, no nuance sure. to and, the And, Hurt and for a, a camping movie, I love camp. I love, I love. You know, I love like John. The only Con bit of nuance in the Hurt Locker was when he was in the grocery store looking at the <laughs> yes, cereal. Yes, yes, That was the only bit of yes. nuance in them. Everything else was like, yeah, America. Yeah, <laughs> Middle crazy. Eastern people are bad. Yeah, they <laughs> blow us up. Um, so, yeah. So, I think... Um, I think this movie, for the genre that it's in and the in. As far as like, you know, action and all that stuff. Yeah, it's sure it's a little, you know, the action's a little cheesy for sure. But I think despite all that, I think it's it tends to serve a, a, a greater message. And I, I think it does a good job at world building, building this world where you believe that there's, you know, like you said, this authoritarian regime, fascist regime, but like, that's not even the problem. It's like, you, you're just basically, you're just accepting that they're, they're, they're basically in a fascist re regime. And that's not even the focal point of the movie. Right. It is, but it also isn't. Mm -hmm, you get yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. It's really not overplayed. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the best part about this movie is that it does its job well. As far as the acting, I would agree the acting is a bit stiff. It's a bit wooden. But I think that the ability Paul Verhoeven has to convey these themes in an effective way, in an understandable way, I think is... Um, it's hard to do. It's hard to do. And I think with uh, any other director, I don't think it, I don't think it would be nearly 
this, it wouldn't be executed as well as it was here. Um, because I think he has, Paul Verhoeven, like I said, if you haven't seen Robocop, he has a very dystopian view of, you know, the world, I think. You know what I mean? He, you know, he plays on a lot of themes of like dehuman, you know, dehumanizing people, um, you know, uh, basically serving an elite class, you know, like RoboCop was built basically as, you know, from a corporation who, you know, basically you think that, oh, well, RoboCop, you know, he has no feelings. He has no, but the thing is, is he has the same characteristics as the guy who died in that movie, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the, the cop who dies. And then became RoboCop. Right. Yeah. You see the human characteristics, but it gets dehumanized by the um, authoritarian world they live in. Using the police, or I guess in this military, as an extension of their power. Right. And, and I think that, you know, he has... Maintain the status quo with the police or the military. He has this view on the world where it's like the powers that be serve to only further dehumanize people and you're basically just serving the interests of a very select few. You know, MPH in this movie is basically, you know, he's the one who kind of, for the most part, other than like, you know, whoever is in charge the, you know, of the military, he seems honestly above the military. He seems like he's giving order, right? Like, you know, when he says, oh, let's nuke the planet. He's like, no, we're going back in. We're going to get the bug, right? Mm-hmm. Um, another weird thing I was just thinking of, the character Clancy Brown plays, uh, the drill instructor. Mm. He, uh, th- I thought the, the part that was funny was like he wanted to serve after the, you know, the attack. Uh and he was like, the only way you'll be serving is if you get demoted to private. And then, you know, he ends up being the guy who captures the big brain bug. But that oh, yeah. almost ties to, like, my theory of this whole movie being propaganda, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like even someone was willing to give up their position, their higher position, in order to serve a greater cause. Yeah. Um, I think this movie plays on some really interesting themes that you just, I I don't really see in a lot of sci-fi today. You know, you don't Mm. see a lot of, you you don't see, I don't know. I've never seen an ant. I've seen anti-war films, but I've never seen an anti-war film done in this way. And I feel like it's very original in that Mm. way. It takes something where you should laugh it off based on how goofy it is and how corny it looks. But when you really when you really take it in, it has a lot of substance to it. Maybe the story isn't all that complex. It's very basic, but it has a very it has a lot of substance to it with that being the case. And that's crazy that a movie can have not that crazy of a story, but has so much substance. Mm. It's like almost like the movie is one big art piece. The movie is one big statement right mm-hmm. it's not like the story isn't the statement the characters aren't the statement the it's a set piece to convey a point hmm. that this is you know his, paul verhoven's view on military action and imperialism yeah 
Um, well, I hope to watch other war movies too in the future. Hell yeah, bro! Like Apocalypse Now, Full Metal Jacket, and even though I know you said you didn't like this one, I think it's a big anti-war one. What, Jarhead, Jarhead. I don't know. I was in high school. I might have just been bored when I was watching it. It's you know, Jarhead is one of those ones like the HBO miniseries Generation Kill, where right. people that have actually served will look at that one and be like, "This is one of the more accurate representations right. of what." being in war was actually like also uh i mentioned this to zach when we were watching this uh if you haven't seen it before i recommend highly watching the documentary restrepo Restrepo. if you want an accurate view on what it's like what it 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 doesn't take any sides it doesn't make any points it just Mm -hmm. shows war for what it is and allows you to make your own opinion. Well, that's what it. I liked about the Kubrick film, Full Metal Jacket. Right. Is like Full Metal Jacket is weird. Is a weird war film in that it could be argued that it's neither pro or anti-war. It just is. Yeah, war. it just is like a slice of life almost, but right. in war. <laughs> right. So um, I'm for you know yes it gets it gets docked some points for the acting for the story not being that great but it gains a lot for me for being original mm-hmm. so i'd probably we don't get a lot of good anti-war films these days you really no. don't yeah what was it's the last time like, it's almost good... like it's on purpose <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time a good anti-war mm, film came out think. no everything's <laughs> everything's really like it it's more like story based like the mm. one i'm thinking of is like uh Fuck, what's the one where it's the guy who's the conscientious objector? Yeah, I was going to say Hexar Ridge. Right, there's that one. There's, you you know, that's about as, you know... He was the the field medic. He was the conscientious objector, but he's still... Yeah, maybe we could watch that one too in the future. Um, So I... For the originality, which scores a lot with me, and the, the effectiveness of driving home the point... I think, and the world building, I think that that's, that's an aspect of making, of making a a movie that's, that's hard, you know, that's not, you know, it does exposition in this movie very well, where, you know, that's something I always pay attention to, because clunky exposition is always just like eye roll, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. So, but the way they do it in this movie, it's very well executed. Mm-hmm. I feel I like agree. a lot of parts of this movie are very well executed. So I'd probably give this movie about a seven and a half to eight in that range. Mm. I, I I think it does a lot of things right. Yes, you you can dock it for the corniness and the bad acting, but I think overall the movie itself is very well done, and it's it's um easy to digest it's not like hitting you over the head with it's like complex themes it takes something that maybe would be kind of hard to explain like why imperialism is bad it can you know it leads to authoritarianism you know and it it draws connections to the world we live in today and it's crazy that this movie in a way kind of predicts some things that were to later yeah, happen later enough. on. Eerily that's the e- that's the eerie part of it. <laughs> so yeah, so like I said, seven and a half to about eight. Good movie, definitely recommend. Um yeah, so again, I'll leave you on the same note. More. What is it good for? And if you're here still listening, thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs>
But also fuck imperialism. All right. We're out of here. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Oh!